Hello, this is David Stokes, The Efficient GP. My podcast and newsletters are here to help general practice be more sustainable, efficient and fun. Today, I'm talking about the latest delivery plan for primary care released by NHS England. This latest delivery plan promises to tackle access, putting an end to the 8am stampede and making it quicker for patients to get the help they need from primary care. But does the plan stack up or is it just more hot air? Let's take a closer look. First of all, let's be clear. Everyone working in general practice in England knows that general practice does not have an access problem. It has a capacity problem. An access problem would suggest there are loads of free appointments if only you could get the people into them, when clearly that is not the case. There are plenty of appointments. 36.1 million of them were delivered in October 22, according to the NHS Digital, but they're all full. And yet people want more. This increased demand is driven by an increased demand from the patients, an increased medical need as a result of demographic changes, and sadly by staff voting with their feet and moving to greener pastures on the other side of the world, thanks to the chronic underinvestment in general practice. So with that said, let's take a closer look at the plan. Does it bring new money? Reading through the 45-page plan, it looks like there's a lot of promised resource, but on closer inspection, it's money that was already promised to the service in other guises that has been relabeled. In reality, there looks to be precious little in the way of additional offerings. Will the plan cut bureaucracy? This is something that has been attempted by organisations across the service, from the BMA to individual GPs writing angry letters to the hospital when they're treated like the community SHO. However, there have only been very small gains, if any, to show in this demand. If they can really make good on this promise, and go further, it would make a clear difference to staff and patients alike. They talk about an increase in self-certification, improvement of self-referral pathways, and allowing onward referral from consultants to their secondary care colleagues, which should have been going on for years, so how they're going to make this work, I am not sure. This does have the potential to reduce the administrative burden and the number of contact points and improve productivity. However, the proof will be in the pudding. We need to see whether they can deliver on that. The plan also states that NHSE are insisting that ICBs will be tasked with helping address the interface issues between primary and secondary care and within secondary care, making the journey more seamless for patients so it looks more linear and less like a spider on amphetamines. All good news. Personally, I'll be looking at improvements our practice can make in the use of its digital technology to communicate with our patients. And as the patient's access to their medical notes gets pushed through, I'm going to be looking at ways in which this can be embraced to reduce our own workload as well. So, finally, the piece of this report that most caught my eye was, as you will know if you've read my other posts, the implementation of modern general practice access section of the document. Let's focus on that for the rest of this podcast. In short, the proposal contains three key elements. Cloud telephony, digital front door and the NHS app, and total triage. The cloud telephony system had already been promised, has already been rolled out to a number of practices, but it will no doubt improve certain aspects of life for both patients and staff, promising shorter wait times on the phone, offering to call patients back when they reach the top of the queue, 
and integrating into our clinical systems, which will hopefully help our reception teams work more efficiently with the patient's notes. Apps are being promised as the digital front door to primary care, especially the NHS app, which may well be a useful tool for us in some cases. And as it seems that the NHS app will be the one app to rule them all, and the other apps that we see within general practice than we have seen grow up over the last several years will sit behind that front door and appear in a more seamless way to patients, which I can think is only a good thing. Finally, a total triage system. And if you like a good diagram, see page 20 of their plan as it sums it up for you. Now we're getting somewhere. At first glance, it looks similar to the system that really does have the potential to improve general practice. But... When it comes to effective triage, ask any A&E consultant and they'll tell you it's a mistake to assume that it's a basic function that can be caught quickly and easily to anyone. The idea that you can put the cheapest member of the team into this position, give them a basic map and everything will be fine is a seductive trap into which many have fallen. Let's think again, what is triage? Triage was popularised in the First War to rapidly segregate casualties into those who needed urgent help, those who could wait, and those who were so likely to die it was better to use the limited resources elsewhere. These principles hold true today, but this kind of triage they carried out in the First War had only three simple outcomes. And where you're dealing with only three possible outcomes, the task can indeed be devolved efficiently to a non-clinical team member with appropriate training and practice. In contrast, modern general practice involves the coordination of a multidisciplinary practice team with different skills and limits. Total triage therefore involves the ability, without seeing the patient, to determine who needs urgent care, who needs routine care, who needs continuity, who is a quick task that can be dealt with immediately, and who can be safely reassured at triage stage. But also by whom? Triage, as applied to modern primary care, only becomes truly transformative when you put the most qualified clinicians at the front door. In general practice, a non-clinical navigator who is aware of what various community services are available to your patients and who may even be able to direct your patients to the most appropriate member of your team, will lead to some improvements. The biggest gains, however, only come when you put your most experienced person at this key first stage of the care navigation process. When there is no more capacity or resource being offered, the only thing we can do is to increase our effective capacity by more efficient use of what we already have available to us. Experienced clinicians who can get each team member working at the top of their license can do this. And if you get behind this idea, the biggest advantages that come from using your senior clinicians at the front door are transformative. Effective triaging of the patient to the best clinician first time. Quick reassurance of appropriate patients preventing any further contact, which is not possible with a non-clinical signposter. Development of new pathways to manage care in a more streamlined way that couldn't happen without a GP being there. And more effective use of digital tools such as AccuRx. Getting a clinician-led system embedded is also less prone to falling apart if one member of staff chooses to leave or is otherwise unavailable. Something that taking time to train up administrative staff in this role is prone to. 
There can be plenty of barriers to getting a system like this from start to finish. From practical concerns such as space, worries about taking the leap and sacrificing appointments from the clinician taking the triage role, and getting the team on board with the change. But leaping these hurdles pays such dividends they have to be jumped. I am excited to say that for anyone feeling that they would like to take this journey but need a helping hand, the clinician-led triage launchpad is taking off in the next couple of weeks. It will guide you through the steps of developing your own triage system and has regular drop-in sessions with me to coach you and your teams through this change and get you working in this exciting new way. If you are interested in joining on its launch, I'll be sending out a launch email with an initial offer to all subscribers of my newsletter. So if you haven't already signed up, please sign up here. Look forward to seeing you on the course.